For Friday, December 3rd, this is episode 117 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Have you ever heard of friendship bread? Yes. Yes. My girlfriend gave me some. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's the 15 days and you're just you keep it in the bag. And at least one point in time, you stop and you add stuff in. You well, eat it. Right. Mm-hmm. Next to the last day. I find it on my floor. Uh-oh. The bag fell off mm-hmm. my counter. It rolled off because it gets all the gas and ferments and everything like that. It rolled off and it was exploded all over my kitchen floor. Oh, no. This is the second time this has happened to me. But this time, there was little paws. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at Flurry. I go, are these yours? And she just kind of looked at me and went, Mine? No, no, no. It was the ghost kitty. <laughs> ghost kitty paw prints. Oh, I was just like, and I told my girlfriend about it. And my one friend's like, well, we should have just baked it and gave it to Flurry. And I'm like, no, if I'm not going to have it, she's not going to have it either. I need to make some more of that. Actually, my boss got a batch of that, I think last week. So I said, you know, A, you can freeze the starter. And B, give me one because I want to make some and freeze because it's good. I've never I've- had it. Hey, Ron, the next time. In this episode, we feature typically Puffwanian on-topic discussion. Potterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> Not only entertaining, but educational as well. I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional people. No, they're not! <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. I think we please where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Kelly. <laughs> and she's laughing. <laughs> and that would be Trisha being hysterical in the corner. Right. Yeah. This is our second episode on The Test of Time by Alcamilla, which you can find on the Sugar Quill. You may have noticed I was a little erratic in where I was there and where I wasn't last week, but hopefully I'll be there for the whole thing this week. Yes. And today we're covering chapters 6 through 11, is it? Actually, we only made it to chapter 10. Alrighty. Chapter 6 is called Coarse and Uncultured. And we start off with Colin Creevy. Yay, Colin! Colin's a little odd in this story, really. Trisha still doesn't like Colin yet. Does she, Trisha? I'm yelling at the cat. She's yelling at the cat. Stop climbing this is up going the to curtains. a segment, I can tell. <laughs> and she still doesn't like him. And Colin is waiting outside the ministry because he needs a picture of Ludo Bagman because Ludo Bagman either gains or loses weight dramatically. Mm-hmm. So you they can't use old photo. photos. Yeah, you can't use old photos. I love it. <laughs> and, you know, Peter snoring. Bagman battles the bulge. How Ludo lost three stone in one weekend with miraculous fat-banning potion, and you can too. 
just a stone. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like 14 pounds or something like that? Or am I wrong? I think a stone is 20 pounds, something like that. 20 so pounds? Three so lost 60. 60 pounds 60 in pounds. one week. Wow. That's healthy. Mm. <laughs> it's a spell or a potion. That makes perfect sense. I have to lose 60 pounds, but not in a week. Nope, nope, nope. Uh-uh. Yeah, you imagine how much you spend on clothing. Good God. Well, you know, the wizard robes. <laughs> yeah, I know could, that one right now. They could expand and contrast pretty well. It yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Better for a wizard than for a non-wizard, but no thanks. So Colin is out to ambush Pluto and manage to ambush Harry. Harry instead. Yeah. Coming out the side door with Donald Moran, who uh, apparently is an ancient politician who monopolizes people. <laughs> yeah. He's having a long and rambling conversation with Harry. So, well, first, you know, here he is. He says, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. And he says something to Harry, and Harry's like, okay, grabs him by the collar and says, bye, we have to go talk. Yeah, well, mm. and he starts to use Ginny's name, and Harry, yeah. like, seals his mouth shut so he can't say anything. Right. I just like how she does go into their heads, and wow, I just like well, it. Well, and, and the people don't realize, you know, they think that Harry is doing this because he doesn't want to answer any questions at all, so he's using Colin as an example. Mm-hmm. And this is almost like hitting a paparazzi. Right. That's why they're so taken aback, because mm-hmm. this is literally like shoving somebody away from you and they don't know what's going on. The other reporters don't. That's why they're all, <gasps> you know, and um, like, I'll do you freedom of press. Exactly. And so he's now dragged Colin off to talk to him. Right. And Colin is being Ginny's militant friend and he must stop Harry from getting to her again because he'll obviously just break her heart again. And he must. And yeah, he's, he really has been misconstrued. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but he's also, I mean, he's being very loyal. He's being, he's being, a he's being very protective yeah. of Ginny. He's being a friend. Yeah. yeah. And he has yeah. gone up against Harry Potter. I mean, how many people would go up against Harry Potter? He only sees one side of this, too. He doesn't see Harry's, Harry's. side of this. Right. He only sees Ginny's side of it. Yeah, because he mm-hmm. only knows pretty much of Jenny's side. Jenny doesn't even know both sides. I'm like, everybody has a friend. Even my best friend. I mean, she, I had a guy that broke my heart. And she just went up to him. She goes, I don't know if I want to hit you or hit you hard. <laughs> and it is. As I say to her, mm-hmm. I'm like, you are my little warrior princess. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the thing that I thought was amusing, actually, and I, oh my God, I can't believe you did that, was after Harry did the Finiti Cantata. Colin took a picture of him point blank, full yeah. flash. Boof. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, Colin. <laughs> Several times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And good for him, but it's still, it is a little bit annoying because you get the impression that Ginny has told him before to lay off and he simply doesn't listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's a, that's so a you can't. You're not defending a friend properly if they have told you straight out that they don't want to be defended about this. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, he's really trying to be there for her. So you can see where Colin's coming from. Yeah. And he does sort of, uh, he figures things out a little bit by the end of this scene. I also Mm -hmm. enjoyed the, well, first he tells Harry she had a knot on the back of her head and Harry's all upset about that. But now he's going, oh. You know, that hair and those shoes. And, oh, my God, it's just so last year. And, uh, okay, yeah, he's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's drooling all and over Harry. I 
and his glasses. Oh. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even John Lennon would have updated the round glasses by now. If he was dead. Mm. Mm-hmm. My notes say Colin is hot for Harry. Is this part of the problem? Maybe. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's why he's going after him so much, because he doesn't want him to break Ginny's heart, but also he's kind of like, hmm. Can you just break mine instead? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Hold on. It's just, I mean, no, it's just so funny. I mean, Jenny got competition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And of course, Harry thinks they're going out. Mm-hmm. But Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. because he is a stupid boy. Yeah, He's thick no as clue. a brick. Think about this, though, because Colin is all, you leave her alone and blah, blah, blah. Harry thinks that he's defending his property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his he doesn't territory. think he, he's not thinking, how to say this, Colin's a girlfriend, not a boyfriend. Right. Yes. Harry doesn't know that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's he doesn't th- really know he much about Colin. So. No, like I said, he thinks that Colin is defending his property, his territory. Mm-hmm. And I Colin's mean, not doing that. I mean, Colin and Ginny went off to Italy or somewhere together, and Harry's getting the wrong idea. Right. And, and Colin, and, of course, thinks this is great. He's yes. just <laughs> amused by the whole... And by the end of this, Colin is pretty much letting Harry have that impression. He's figured out that Harry has that impression, and he's like, oh, this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And this so how- he's just going to, yeah, we're dating, and you just need to back off, buddy. Yeah, and Colin thinks it's funny. What an imperceptive, typical heterosexual male. You clearly know nothing about my relationship with Ginny. And Harry's mm-hmm. just like, <laughs> Yeah. And I love that how he throws this right at Harry. She's a trained observer. She's a therapist. She knows you. She's got you pegged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, And then he him. gives him his opinion of Harry. And Harry thinks that's what Ginny thinks. Yeah. Right. This is where the title comes from. You're immature, coarse, uncultured, unsubtle, violent, etc. Yeah, and what's well, the word he has to look up? Philistine? You Philistine. Philistine. Yeah. Yeah, Philistine. <laughs> and then Colin realizes that Harry's mm-hmm. cuz this is really making Harry miserable. Harry's got He's the actually... same expression that Ginny does. Right. Mhm. Which is kind of an epiphany for him. He's like, oh, wait, I didn't mean to accept, of course. Goodbye, Harry. (laughs) Poof. Disapparating. Okay, and I like this author's note. This section is dedicated to all women who get a fabulous new haircut and their boyfriends or husbands fail to notice. I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) I love the author's notes in this. She's got great author's notes. Mm Mm-hmm. So we start with Ginny, who's at a restaurant somewhere, scanning the menu for things that fit her calorie goals for the day. And uh-huh. vegetarian, yes. And there's Hermione with a new haircut, which she, of course, notices immediately. Of, of course. course she does. And she runs Hermione out of the restaurant to get her. Hermione highlights on the t- Are you kidding? <laughs> Women notice if somebody has changed the shade of fingernail polish. Well, I don't, but most well, of them. I was going to say, um, <laughs> the women in my office, not really, unless you go into our marketing department. Now, I work with a bunch of men all the time. Uh-huh. It takes me a while to notice things like that, unless it's uh-huh. really drastic, then I notice. Ah, uh, we have a new person that we're being introduced here. Oliver Ollivander. 
Yeah, we yeah. met Oliver earlier, but yeah. It last week, but well, she's only briefly. She's yeah. meeting yeah. Ollie Ollie Oxen Free. I didn't before. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> uh, has to suppress the temptation to yell out in raw imitation. <laughs> so cute. I like him. He's sort of the stereotypical researcher. He's not great at meeting people. He's sort of, uh, yes, um, hi, I, I would uh, surmise you're genetically associated with Ron. Woohoo, geek! <laughs> <laughs> that was the first clue. He is book smart, but socially dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he's given so, Hermione a poetry book. Yes. And Ginny's like, what the heck is going on? And Hermione thinks that something is happening with Ron because Ron is not sharing it with her. Mm-hmm. And she's all upset. And Ginny is like, I know what is going on, but I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Hermione joins Ginny because Neville's late. Neville's always late. Poor, Poor Neville. Neville. This is pre-DH Neville. <laughs> yes. She brings up the haircut and says, so what did Ron think? Of course, he hasn't actually noticed yet. Right. It's Ron. It's males Mm -hmm. in their early 20s. (laughs) Sorry, Scott. (laughs) Oh, it's probably true. I don't know. (laughs) Haven't had it happen yet, but who knows? But yes, of course, Ginny knows what the surprise is. (laughs) I like Hermione says he's keeping some kind of secret. And of course, she can tell. And Ron actually seems to think he's getting better at it. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. So they go back and forth with this, and then Katie Bell's name comes up. Mm-hmm. And Jenny doesn't know what I happened. Don't think you, neither, neither one of them, them do. Well, Jenny so has Hermione, an Jenny, idea, but Hermione right. knows nothing because so her, she's just now found out about it recently when the name came up, and then both boys kind of went scarlet and refused to talk about it. So she thinks there's something going on. So she's going to get Ginny now to tell her what she knows. Right. So that Hermione now has Ginny's version of what happened at Katie Bell's. Great. Yeah. yeah. And so she tells her. It was during Hermione's disappearance. Mm-hmm. The boys have gone to interrogate Mr. Bear and find out what right. he knows about the disappearance. But it doesn't quite work out as they expect it to. Right. And they end up getting trashed. <laughs> Eric, are you inebriated? <laughs> Who me? No, no, not, not at all. Inebriated? <laughs> and I'm not in there, but I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently they got to Katie Bell's flat because Ron was throwing up in the front garden. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. Ginny talks to Katie because Harry can't pronounce his R's, so he's not any help at all. <laughs> so Ron is really upset because he loved Hermione. Mm-hmm. And he never said it. And she's kind of upset. Ginny is remembering this. And this finally clicks with Ginny that the girlfriend who mm-hmm. Harry dumped Ginny for was Katie. Right. That's where her logic has gone. And I love how this part goes because Hermione's like, no, Ron was gorgeous at that point and Harry wasn't. So if Katie was going to seduce one of them, she would have seduced Ron. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ron wasn't cute. What are you talking about? No, she would have seduced Ari. Both of them are convinced that the other one's crazy. I like that scene a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could just... Yeah. And of course, they've turned Katie Bell into, you know, like the cougar. (laughs) 
cracks me up. Taking advantage like, of these poor drunk boys. <laughs> yeah, considering she's, what, mm-hmm. three years older than both of them <laughs> or something like that. That's <laughs> But before they can get into this too, too much, Neville shows up. Neville. Yeah, Neville. 40 minutes late. <laughs> oh, dear. Whoops. <laughs> First, then he mentions Ron. And then Neville says, oh, I'm not... Hey, Neville sounds an awful lot like Hagrid. Hagrid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> this is exactly what my notes say. <laughs> Neville is Hagrid. I shouldn't have told you that. Because mm-hmm. so he talks about Ron and Hermione says, oh, I didn't know Ron had seen you. He hasn't mentioned it. Neville says, that's because he's not supposed to. Um, yeah. Right. Oh, oh, blimey. I shouldn't have said that. And then he says he saw Ron at a pub with somebody mm-hmm. else, and Hermione is just Panic. devastated. I saw them. Him. Him. I saw him. Mm-hmm. Right. You could just see Neville going, someone please just hex my mouth shut. Please, please, yeah. please. And of course, <laughs> like, Neville, you're making it sound worse than it is. Just stop. Yeah, stop now. <laughs> stop talking. Stop talking now. So Hermione leaves in tears. And Ginny looks up and sees Ollie, 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 Oxenfree, Oxenfree watching her leave as well. It's like, oh, oh. That, that, I mean, that's a little foreshadowing. Don't go there. there. Oh, yeah. Don't go there. Don't you dare touch her. So, <laughs> scene change. <laughs> it's Bludger. And Harry. Talking on his voice through. <laughs> I love those things. I want one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> you can see each other's lips. Yes, I know Fox makes a mess. Yes, I know he's big, but he's worth the peace of mind. No, yes, no. I'll clean it up this weekend. (laughs) He's just getting laid into. I can know it. And it's Nanny just going. And of course, he doesn't even know she's there. Apparently, she's really good at operating. She knows how to do it quietly. Right. So they're there to climb a mountain. I want to dance with somebody. That's it. Get back over here. Give me some energy. Side. And round the world. And lift. Lift. And lift. Round the world. You got it. Nice and tall. Have to exercise once a week. Right. Off they go. Oh, pardon me. Hold on a second. Yay! The game is tied! Woo! Okay, I'm done. Gotta put that in there. (laughs) Baseball. You know, it's baseball. And I just woke up somebody. Back Uh to sleep. Now you've done it. She's going to go lay on the floor because mommy is just too loud to lay next to on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) We're way off course. So now it's raining. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's apparently annoyed with Harry lightly because ever since their meeting where she went off a little bit, he's got this concerned look about him like Sirius has. And she's just... Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to talk to her about... Lucius Malfoy. And she's very innocent. But why? <laughs> and so she says that she'll talk to him, but she's not going to talk to him on a mountain in the rain. She wants to go somewhere with food and drink and stuff like that. So they go off to a pub. He disguises himself with a baseball cap and makes his eyeglasses into sunglasses. And Bludger's like, that's your disguise? I don't get it. I'm Clark Kent. No, I'm Superman. Mild-mannered reporter. Superhero. And they talk about Voldemort. Voldy shorts. Mm -hmm. Moldy shorts. shorts. (laughs) (laughs) 
Moldy shorts. And, uh, he won't let her apparate to leave because she's inebriated. She's, she's inebriated. Mm-hmm. She might splint herself all over God's green earth. Right. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. <laughs> friends apparate <laughs> drunk. <laughs> yeah. We also get a little bit of Bludger's backstory in here. Apparently, yeah. the reason she joined the Underground Aura League is because her boyfriend, or possibly fiancé by then, I'm not sure. I think he was a fiancé. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they yeah. they didn't get a terror meter because it would cost too much, and then Brian was killed. By Lucius Malfoy. Right. Yeah. Having just cruciated him for two hours and then killed him. Right, and while she was there. So that's why she's out for blood mm-hmm. to revenge his death. Mm-hmm. Because not only did he, you know, kill Brian, but he ruined her life too. Because this mm-hmm. was her. She was his partner. sort of receptionist. Yeah. But then Brian was killed because she basically dared to date a Muggleborn. Yeah, and she broke up with Draco to do it. Did someone say Draco Malfoy? And so. She wants to go home. She's she's had enough of this, and she wants to go home, and he won't let her operate. So he's going to get her a room at the inn. And the innkeeper thinks it's because they want to go upstairs and... But that's not the reason. And I love that he's got her wand, which just infuriates her even more than anything else that's happened. Because, you know, you can't do anything without your wand. And he said, I'm going to leave it up in your room. And in order to get away from him, she kisses him. Yeah. Hmm. And he's flabbergasted. And in that second, just kind of standing there with his mouth dropped open, she's gone. Yep. Without the slightest splinch. (laughs) He also used, just as a side note here, he used the invisible wand because she was like, you used wandless magic. He says, no, I didn't. Mm -hmm. As you'd know if you bothered to get to know Hermione and Ron. Right. Some of what they've been arguing about is she's sort of cast aspersions on them, called them snobby or whatever, because they went to Hogwarts and she didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. So they've sort of been having a fight back and forth about that. Lots of fighting going on. Yes. So she's poofed, non-splinched, apparated non-splinched. out. And we have another scene change. And we hand off next, to the next Ginny, mm-hmm. who's walking through the university, making her way back home. And and doesn't was, somebody have a been... flat outside the university? Hmm, let me think about this. Harry knows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you know. And actually, it's late at night. She was babysitting, and she hears a noise, which sounds like somebody or something falling through the trees. Right. And mm-hmm. she comes upon a hand, yeah. which happens to be but attached to a person. Not... <laughs> And then it starts moving, which freaks her out. And then she realizes <laughs> it's the hand. <laughs> I'm thinking of horror movies. Then <laughs> she realizes it's been covered with an invisibility cloak. Yes. And here it is. He's beat up. He's hardly conscious. He's about to collapse. And it's Harry. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of horror movies, I'm going to take yep. us off here. <laughs> Kelvin's here. Kelvin is nine. Somehow, some way, Calvin has seen a Chucky movie or part of a Chucky movie, or I don't know. And he's uh, terrified of Chucky, which I'm terrified of Chucky and I'm 40 some odd. So Me too. I totally mm-hmm. understand. I deliberately have never seen any of them. So my, my uh, cousins saw the Chucky movies when they first came out, you know, and I think they were like 11. They named their dog Chucky. Oh. 
Well, yeah. Did I mention that the dog is a Yorkshire Terrier? <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The cat was Chucky. The dog was Buddy. We had Buddy and Chucky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, God. Why? Oh, goodness. <laughs> So he's had trouble with Chucky in the past, but he's pretty much over it. And things are good and everything. Mm-hmm. He flew out of here at 6.45 a.m. Sunday morning. So they needed to get packed and everything Saturday because they were going to have to get up at 4 to get to the airport on time and all of that. So being a well-trained child, he looked under the bed to make sure he hadn't left anything while he was packing. Oh, no. Unfortunately, Mom had stuck the two life-size dolls that my great-grandmother made for me. When I was a child, and literally these dolls were as big as me when I was a child. Oh, no. Under the bed. He screamed bloody murder. (laughs) And then he laughed once he figured out what it was. But he wouldn't go to sleep that night. It was after midnight. Mom's like, I have to go at four. You've got to go to sleep. Because every time he closed his eyes, he envisioned Chucky nibbling on his toes. Oh, no. That could have been worse. Chucky could have been the cat. (laughs) Poor thing. Poor mom. She was the one just like, please go to sleep. Please go to sleep. We're way off course. You can thank us that we didn't end on this chapter last week because here's Harry fainting and bloody, but we're moving on. And remember where she is. She's at the university or she's Mm -hmm. near the university. So things, you know, this is kind of like. I don't know how university is in Great Britain, but I know that college universities here, you're going through where the professors and the students live. These are tree-lined streets. They're older houses. These are big trees. The houses are not far apart. They're rather close together. There's cars parked all over the place. It's dark. And here she's found Harry. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. And this is why Ryan likes this story, I know, because... There's an author's note that goes with chapter seven, and Mm -hmm. it's, okay, I understand I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you, so let me recap what's happened so far. Oh, it's so very Ryan-esque. Yes. (laughs) Scott, you need to do the previously on, right here. Previously on, test of time. Yes. Go ahead. You have to read it now. He's laughing. He can't do it. He laughs. (laughs) Come on, you can do it. This whole author's note is a whole thing. It's like the fic is a TV show because she's doing all the previously on Test of Time. First, in seventh year, Hermione was kidnapped, as they thought, killed by Voldemort, but really wasn't. And then... <laughs> but, but they it's weren't. Five and, years. And they did this, but they weren't. <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of and like, Draco has is a manufacturer and is planning to ruin all his business. And Ron has taken a large mortgage on a beautiful barn, but he's keeping it secret from Hermione. <laughs> and goes on and on. It is kind of so operation when you think about it. Trisha? Yes? Will you last to the end of Chapter 7, Love Potion Number 9? I will try. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's fine. All right. It's almost, what, 12.30 there? No, it's like right, 11.30. 1130. Oh, okay, yeah. 11.30. Well, I can't mm-hmm. tell time. Or That's okay. It's because I teach I'm... school children, but I don't know how to add. <laughs> That's why she teaches preschool. Four-year-olds. <laughs> I don't have to add. All I have to do is count to 31. And uh, my colors and my shapes. Okay, I'll read the author's notes then. How about that? Now, the author's note has many threads, and since it takes so long to post each chapter, she's just thought this is the quick run-through. 
Previously on Test of Time, in seventh year, Hermione was kidnapped, and they thought killed by Voldemort. Harry broke up with Ginny for her own safety, though under pressure from a grieving Ron, Harry told her a lie to keep her away, that he had fallen for another girl. Colin was the only one who knew how close Harry and Ginny had become, and in the weeks prior to the breakup, Harry and Ron got drunk at Hogsmeade and had to spend the night at Katie Bell's Hogsmeade flat. It's been five years since that time. On the weekends, Harry cares for Al, the orphan child of Katie Bell, and Slim Jim, an aura friend. Nanny is the caretaker of Al. Only Ginny knows of Al, but she doesn't know who his parents were. Draco has discovered that Ron is the manufacturer of tarometers and has faked an enormous order from the Bulgarian government, causing Ron to spend all his money expanding his manufacturing facilities. Through his Gringotts spy, Draco has also discovered that Harry bankrolls an unidentified woman and child, Nanny and Al, and is looking to exploit this somehow. Ron has also taken out a large mortgage on an ancient and beautiful stone barn, which he is converting with the help of a witch architect to a home. He hopes mm-hmm. to give it to Hermione as a surprise Christmas present. Ron, Harry, and Hermione are plotting Operation Finito, a plan to expose Lucius Malfoy's deeds, send him to prison, and end the war. So far, they've planted a homing device in Lucius's mobile voice flu and enchanted some maps. Harry wants fellow or Bludger to join them, but Bludger's idea of revenge upon Lucius is a little more severe. In other words, she wants to kill him. Yeah. The author is also commenting the fact that she got a lot of indignant reactions to Colin, and hopefully he will redeem himself in the next chapter. That's for me. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next chapters move conservatively into R-rated territory. Some of this is due to violence. Some of this is due to sex. Kind of a combination. uh, Yes. And she is having a good time writing this. And here we go on to chapter seven. Love potion number nine. (laughs) (laughs) I took my troubles down to Madame Rue. You know that gypsy with the gold cap too. She's got a pad down a petticoat and vine Seven little bottles of love potion number nine Great, I got that song in my head now. <laughs> so, at first, first she... Ginny thinks Harry's face is covered in blood. And he's not. In fact, it is bleeding, but most of it has been blackened on purpose because he's been on some sort of covert mission. Yeah, so he's yes. got shoe black on his face. Camouflage. So she's trying to figure out what's going on and wake him up and she can hear something coming. So she jumps up and stupefies it and has stupefied his rucksack. Yes. <laughs> well, it's following. Oh, it's that doggy spell. It's the puppy yeah. dog spell. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, Harry has woken up again because he's been unconscious right. for the first while. And he thinks he's hallucinating because he's apparated home after a long and arduous mission. And here he is on the university. And why would Ginny be there? But she is. And Actually, he hasn't he, apparated because to, yeah, he flew home. He flew home on his broom. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. And, and he, he just and, sort of crashed into says, the streets, basically. She says, we need to get you to St. Mungo's. And he says, no, I can't go there. It's full of yeah. Which is yeah. true. He can't go there because <laughs> Malfoy's on the board of directors. The board of directors. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So she decides to take him back to her place. But there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. She lives How to get in there and the guards. Yeah. 
<laughs> Can you see this? Hi, I'm just going to take him home and fix him up. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. He's drunk. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, lady, he's he doesn't drunk. look drunk to me. And you can't use the invisibility cloak because of the mirrors that they have. They have ID mirrors that see through those. And so how in the world is she going to get him into the area to get him home? There's no way to get him there. And first she figures she'll fly on his broom. And it's the latest and greatest broom. And it's incredibly sensitive. And she's having a lot of trouble keeping it under control. She decides that she's going to buckle him to her. On the broom. That way, at least he can't fall. So she uses his belt uh, and just kind they of... They fall. They fall together. Ties him. Yeah. Yeah. And he does sort of wake up, and he's better at flying it, but of course now he's flying straight into the wards around the complex. And he wakes up just enough to tell her exactly what they need to do. Because right. although these wards are supposed to be impenetrable, there is a small hole directly in the center that if you go through free-falling backwards on your broom, laying flush against the broom, you can get through this hole and get in. And that's how he's been getting in all this time, to see Al, because he can't have anybody know that he's associated with Al, so he's been sneaking in all this time, and no one knows he's there. And so he's Uh just Mm -hmm. told her the secret on how to get in. And she thinks he's nuts. Yes. Delirious. But he seems to be quite convincing, so... She takes him up there and she realizes that there is a hole. She can feel the opening. With her feet. So she yeah. decides to try it. And down they go. Yeah, she has he's to, dying. Yeah, but she had to petrificus him. Petrificus totalis. Mm-hmm. So that he would stay, you know, because you have Perfectly a dead weight vertical. that you're trying to deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Of course, yeah, sure, I can do free fall through a hole in perfect vertical, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is also, this was written before we realized how good she was on a broom. Right. That's mm-hmm. true. She has a bit of nerves about that, understandably enough, but she manages it. I just like it. There's I am a Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And they make it through. Just in time for another scene change. Yeah. Leave us hanging. Go ahead. (laughs) Here we are with Rod, squelching through mud outside the barn. Right. There has to be mud around barns. It it works that way. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he has to go see what they did. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of in trouble because Hermione tried confronting him about this secret yesterday. And he thinks really he should have just told her. But... He didn't do it. And then this is when you find out that Neville's involved with the barn making because he is the landscape designer. Right. But she doesn't know what's going on. She just knows that he's involved with somebody who is an architect Mm -hmm. and he took her, the architect, to their barn. Mm -hmm. Although she still doesn't know who owns the barn, Mm -hmm. but it's their barn. And of course now... It really is their barn, but of course... (laughs) She doesn't know that. He's in trouble, and he's trying to convince her that really there's nothing at all. This is a business lunch. He's not interested at all. She's she's ancient. She's really old. But but, she doesn't believe it. (laughs) Older women have a certain appeal, don't they? Oh, no. It's way older. (laughs) Great grandma here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cougarville. Wow, wow, wow. 
and he's at the bar now and he's looking at it and, you know there's trash everywhere and it's in the midst of construction he can't give it to her now because she'll think he's ruined it right she knows exactly what she wants to happen inside the barn and she's told him countless times and he's trying to make it come true right right but he can't it, do it right away if it takes time to do it yeah everything takes time so he just doesn't know what to do, and she's just said, I'm going to my parents. Goodbye. Right. Mm-hmm. She needs time alone to think. Oh, That's, gee. He hates that. <laughs> Bad phrase. Mm-hmm. And now it's a mess. There's a stinkless mm-hmm. loo. Gotta love that. That's mm-hmm. looking for a potty. <laughs> and in the front garden, rubbish and tools and mud everywhere. And yeah, it's just a mess. He can't show it to her yet. Mm-hmm. So we shift back to Jenny. I wonder if the stinkless loo are bright green and white like they are here. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably orange and purple or something. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) They seem to like purple things. Maybe that's just the night bus. I don't know. And Ron would like orange. I was going to say it should be orange. Like a totally cannon. Posters pasted all over it. Okay, so the next scene here. Ginny has gotten Harry back to her flat. Mm-hmm. I like that her owl's named Elspeth. I don't know if we knew Elspeth. that before. but <laughs> no, kind yeah, of fun. I like that too. And Judy apparently doesn't have a lot of money, so she gets him in the flat and she's trying to get help and she has just a little teeny bit of flu powder. So right. she calls Hermione and nobody answers because Hermione's at her parents. Right. And mm-hmm. she tries Ron's at the borough and nobody's there because her father has decided he likes the muggle cinema. And it's the only thing that'll keep him up past 10 o'clock at night, which I thought was a great okay. film. <laughs> and Colin's not there because he's finally got up the nerve to ask his co-worker, <laughs> which weekly copywriter he's been eyeing for the last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Out. So she just doesn't know what to do. And she's put Harry on the sofa. And the clothing he's wearing is chameleon. And yep. it takes Green. the pattern of whatever he's lying on or sitting up against or, you know, anything like that. And she notices that he's bleeding from his leg. Mm-hmm. And it's a snake bite, which is... And it's a big snake. It's a very big snake. And she suddenly realizes this is why he is cold and clammy and unconscious, because he's been poisoned. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so she yeah. splits it off, so he's wearing shorts now. Yeah. She couldn't handle the totally so naked hair right now. <laughs> A totally naked Harry. Oh, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> That's how this goes easily in a towel. Harry in a towel later, don't we? No, anyway. Um, yeah. So she's like, you know, this is a really big steak bite. And now what do we do? And she goes through and she finds. Fortunately, she, she has a lot of medical books. Yeah. Well, you know, she had it happen because she's a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And she finds one, and she tries the suck and spit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to flu people again. And she realizes, I've had a flu powder now. But she tells Elspeth to take a message to Sirius. Yeah. yeah. It's the only sure. thing that she can think of. But she has to be really cryptic. Snakebite, he's here and very ill. Please flu me immediately, Sister Ginger. <laughs> so. I like that. That's her code name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's dying. Harry is because of the snake bite. She's slowed down his circulation, so hopefully he won't be poisoned all that quickly, but still. Right. It's not um, working. She can't get it to come out of the wound. She thinks maybe some sort of antidote 
But of course, she doesn't have a visa or anything, and she doesn't have the shops to go buy potion stuff. Maybe there's something in his rucksack. No, she can't, she can't get, get a hold of it because it's got the puppy <laughs> dog eat. charm on it, and it won't let her. It won't come. <laughs> and she's yelling at Harry because he's dying, and she's just feeling hopeless. And she's like, I sucked out all the venom, and it hasn't helped you at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then she thinks of an old, old book that's underneath her bed. The and Magic of Love. The yes. Magic of Love. It's a French book, apparently. Of course. And they had found it at the used book bin at the Bear Booksellers when they were 16 because it was full of potions and all kinds of things that girls like to look at and titter over. So they all joined the French club so they could read it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then years later, it's actually turned out that this is a recommended text for marriage counseling. So there you go. So she got to read the English translated version of it. Mm -hmm. But she still has the French version. She didn't leave it in the living room in case mom came by. (laughs) So she finds this potion, and it's low potion potion number number nine. nine. (laughs) An extremely powerful restorative and healing elixir useful for a loved one suffering from severe illness. We learn a new word. The potency of the mixture depends entirely upon the profundity, which is... Which is indeed a word. The depth of the potion maker's love for the patient. And she's in love with him. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this is going to be a very powerful potion if she can make it. If she has the ingredients. And look at that, she does. Mm-hmm. I like it. She goes, yes, though, she needs to check the syllabus. Is, is, it, is it expired? <laughs> make sure it's actually. Yeah. Unfortunately, she has three Abyssinian shrivel figs because she was going to make a shrivel fig crumble for Colin. <laughs> Thank I don't you, know if Colin I'd want dear. a little big crumble, but there you go. Yeah. I don't know. You've had blackberry cobbler or fig cobbler. Fig cobbler. I guess it's, a, it's the same thing. It's assuming that shrivel figs are indeed some kind of fig. Yeah. So discard, hopefully they are. Discard the pulp. She's only using the skin. It's kind of like using lemon zest, you know? Okay. So, mm-hmm. Although powdered wasp wings, uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to have that on my shelf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't have that on your shelf? I've got a whole jar of it. Okay. It's right next to the boomslang skin, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Highly controlled substance, that. (laughs) (laughs) The last ingredient is three drops of her blood. So she's going to do that. And she gives it to him. When she mixes it Mm -hmm. all up. And she's worried, will it still work even if he doesn't love her? And she doesn't know if he does. So she's stewing over that. Yeah, but see, the thing is, she really like did need to stew over that because she doesn't know, but he does. No, she really didn't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love you, Harry. I like the description, though. She pours it out. She's put everything in, and it's a bright, opaque fuchsia liquid like some Gilderoy Lockhart beauty product. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and as she hesitates, she notices his breathing. And his breaths are shallow and quick and further apart, just like she'd seen when her great-great-grandfather's deathbed when she was a child. So she knows that he's dying. Even if this potion doesn't work, she's got to try it. If she doesn't do anything, then he's going to die. So at least she's trying something. And it takes minutes, and there's nothing (laughs) happening. She's really getting worried. And then 12 minutes, he suddenly sits up, and he's yelling for his partners that he was with, because apparently he left them somewhere. Right. I don't think we've met Stripes yet. Nope. But yes, he's left him somewhere. 
and his color is coming back. Everything's going well, except then he gets some sort of fever, and she's worried about that for a second, but no, that's in the instructions. There will be a brief fever as everything is purged out, and then all will be well. She, of course, is confused because she doesn't know about the aura code name, so she's like, does he think he's at some Quidditch game? Like, there's a bludger, and what would Stripes be referring to? And she has no idea what's going on. And she starts remembering how they were back in school and the touching and when they were kissing and different things like that. And she remembers the conversation about whether or not they were ready to go a step further in their relationship. And she kind of falls asleep. And all of a sudden she hears, Ginny, Ginny Weasley! And she wakes up and it's serious. In the flu. In the, in the flu. flu. Yeah, she right. just got her owl. And of course he's frantic because she said, Harry's got a snake bite and he's dying. But she's able to tell him everything's going to be fine. Yep. Mm -hmm. And scene change again. To Drake. There are a lot of scene changes in this story. <laughs> it's because of those lot. many threads, I guess. It's written like a very big soap opera. They're all intertwined, but they're all separate. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And Draco well. is not only learning how to smoke, he is learning how to be cool while he smokes. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to do the French inhale. Oh, God. <laughs> do you seen grease? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yes. These cigarettes are magical cigarettes, so it's the smoke is different smoke. colors. Yeah. He's not sure lavender is quite his color. He would prefer a blue, but apparently that's not something that he can get. He wanders aloud to the house. house elf. Elf. Should I take up smoking? And she's like, yes, sir, if you think so, sir. Cause, you know. It was rhetorical. Mm -hmm. Yes. He was just talking to hear himself talk, which strikes me as a very Draco thing to do. I just think it's funny that... <laughs> Blaze was pressuring him for an engagement. I was like, oh, yeah, Blaze is a girl in the story. <laughs> yeah. I kind of really like that name for a girl. Apparently so do a lot of thick writers. Yeah. In a lot of ways, this Draco is kind of ridiculous and amusing, but he's also still not a very nice guy. Apparently, a trick that he does quite often is to seduce some muggle girl and then do magic and freak her out. But it's not being enough for him anymore. He's plotting about that because he has high standards, of course. Of course. <laughs> he has to position his hand just so while he's smoking the cigarette. And it turns out the reason he's being cheerful and trying these things at the moment is that some of his plot regarding Ron seems to be working. Mm -hmm. Ron's answered his letter that he sent recently, and he's digging up things on Potter's secret life. He loves the risk of it all, though he's really not facing all that much risk. But it's Draco, so you know. Mm -hmm. And now he has Mickey showing up, who was the Legoland guy, at midnight so that they can discuss the pictures that came from the second camera that Harry didn't know about. Draco waves this packet of pictures in front of him and says, You don't remember any of this? And Mickey's like, No, I don't have a clue. <laughs> So they kind of figure out that Harry obliviated him, but they don't really come out and say that. Well, he does. He says, Potter must have discovered your clumsy trailing and altered your memory. Oh, there you go. So he's looking at all these strange Damn, muggle contrivances and photos, and having hot dogs and some vulgar muggle baseball cap that he's wearing. And I like the, the child had dishwater-colored hair, not that Draco had ever seen dishwater. <laughs> <laughs> 
The boy but, wore an expression that turned Draco's stomach. God, he'd seen that often enough at Hogwarts. Or on the Weaslet's face, for example. Or Creepy Creevy. Or a dozen others. It was the face of adoration. Uh, yeah. But nothing they try seems to work. Mickey can't remember a thing. Damn Draco is God. apparently holding something over him. So he sends him off on a different assignment. Yep. He's supposed to go in and find out where Potter's mistress lives. And Mickey's like, but that's yeah. the SWC. The guards won't let you in unless you're on the approved visitors list. And Drago's like, yeah, I already took care of that. You're on. Mm-hmm. And then he asks Matilda how old she thinks the child is in the photographs. Because apparently she's worked for... Who's Matilda? Matilda. Matilda is the, the house, house elf. Oh, okay. Sorry. And mm-hmm. she says he's three or four. What a lovely little boy. And she lets him know that he's probably in school, in reception. Because he wants to kidnap him. That's the plan. Yes. Apparently, Mickey's usual assignment is threats and finger-breaking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Draco is not a very pleasant man. No. And that's the end of Chapter 7. It is. So, do we want to keep going, Trisha? Do you need I to can't. Bed? Yeah, that's fine. Of bed. I'm going to start getting goofy. You're already goofy, dear. Oh. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then I'm going to start giggling for no reason. Yeah, well, we don't want that. Sleep well. I will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How the hell do I get off? <laughs> press the little you. red button. I can hang up on you. Good, n- good night. I love you too. Bye. Good, night. good night. Bye. So, chapter eight is one of the more simple titles. It's just called Lunch. Lunch. And we're back with Harry again, and he's having a dream. It's him and Penny sitting in a magically white kitchen. She's doing the crossword, and he's looking at the Quidditch scores. And <laughs> Apparently, her cup of tea occasionally transforms into an owl for no apparent reason. No Obviously, doubt. he is dreaming. Yeah. Beneath the table, which is strangely transparent, Al jabbers away, engrossed in imaginary adventures with Chocolate the dog. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's made love with Ginny the night before, not because it's morning and all that she wears is a silky dressing gown, but because she lives with him and she loves him. And all of a sudden, there's a hairdryer sound and it's waking him up. And he's like, ah, and he realizes he's not in his flat. Mm-hmm. Nothing's right. Oh, and his long johns have suddenly become shorts. He has no idea how that happened. No. And, and there he is. And he is, in fact, in Ginny's apartment. He sees the enormous photo mural on her wall and realizes that that's where he is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how in the world did I get here? And he has no memory at all. And she's just thrilled. She sees him. Oh, Harry, you're up. I'm so glad you're on your own feet. And how do you feel? And he's like, uh, well, I feel great. And he doesn't know why. And she's like, you look bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He doesn't remember anything. No. And he thinks, okay, I'm still dreaming. Something is going on. Yeah. And then he realizes. This is what God's deemed as my heaven. (laughs) Yeah. And she says, okay, well, let me check your wound. And he's like, I was wounded? What? Your snake bite. And then he starts to remember. And then he remembers bludger and stripes. And he says, I gotta go. And she lets him know Mm -hmm. that they're okay. Yes. Sirius must have told her what that meant when he finally flew in because she had no idea what that was. She lets him know that the matron's been there. So he thinks that the matron's the one that saved him because she's left some salve for the wound. And I love this. She's like, I just happen to be walking through the woods and you crash landed almost on top of me and brace yourself and she rips off the bandage and he's like ah! and mm-hmm. she's like oh it's just like waxing your legs 
Which, of course, he has no experience with whatsoever. No. So she continues on, tells him he wasn't conscious and how they managed to get in and that the matron came through. She doesn't exactly tell him how she cured him. No. Probably too embarrassing. Yeah, and she doesn't want to tell him that she loves him. She's not sure of how he feels. And he says that he only had one thought. He had to reach Durham's to say goodbye to Al because he didn't want him to lose another parental figure without being able to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then Nanny calls and checks in because they check in twice a day to make sure everything's cool. And she says that she's leaving at 7, so he better be there. They talk about Al a little bit, and Ginny offers him breakfast because his stomach rumbles. And she says, well, how about a bacon bunty? That's the right thing. And he mm-hmm. says, aren't you a vegetarian? A sandwich with bacon. Yeah, with an egg on the side. And yeah. we find out that she's not a very good vegetarian because once a week she, she gets can't resist bacon. bacon. <laughs> <laughs> bacon, where's the bacon? I smell bacon, bacon, bacon. Got to be bacon. Only one thing smells like bacon. That's bacon. I yeah. love bacon buddies. Kind of right. I had to look that up. Some it came up in some other fic I was reading, and I had to look up what it was. But they're good. Apparently, a type of sandwich. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. bacon on bread. Yeah, toast, buttered toast. Sounds good. Buttered toast. Yeah, because you don't have enough grease in the bacon. Right. Well, you have to soften the bread up a little bit, too, you know. Uh, Okay. I'd just warm it, probably, myself, but never tried it, so. Yeah. Well, you've had Mm. bacon biscuits before, right? Yeah. Same thing. Just bread instead of biscuit. Yeah, biscuits Mm. are better. (laughs) (laughs) And they do bring up an interesting point in here. She asks him, how did you get a snake bite? I thought you could talk to snakes. And he says, yeah, but this one was conjured, so. This was a live one and not a conjured one. And Uh, after he gets attacked, they do speak to each other. Yeah. The snake's very apologetic. Right. (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) I didn't mean to bite you. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. The poor snake's complaining about how it's being treated by the Death Eater since Voldemort's gone. Right. <laughs> but then he decides he's going to have a bath and clean up while she makes him breakfast or whatever it is. <laughs> I think it's funny he's having this, did I slurp my tea or did I use foul language or, oh God, I took the Lord's name in vain. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> right, because he's immature, coarse, uncultured, unsubtle, a Philistine, right. and a bully, according right. to Cullen. So he's just, you know. And then she knocks on the door and says, um, my mom's on her way. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you missed the thong in the bathroom. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, he knocks down a hanger. Yeah. And it's got two bras and a thong on it. He can't even touch the hanger. He's got to levitate it with his wand because he's so frustrated. Right. It's her wand because his wand's not there. The right. Death Eaters have his wand. So mm-hmm. He gets stopped in the middle of asking her if she's the one who gave him the antidote because Ron calls him on his voice flu. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I just received an owl from the security kiosk. It's mom and she's on her way. Mm-hmm. So she, she's trying to block her mom. Yeah. And this is so funny. It's like, mom, now is not a good time. <laughs> I know, sweetheart. They told me at the office you'd called in sick. Let me take care of you. Yeah. No, mom. <laughs> There's a mm-hmm. man here. A man. Oh, good. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's sort of naked in the bathroom. Could you leave, please? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, she's not telling her it's Harry. 
No, she's not telling her it's Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's worried and wonders, I hope you're happy with this guy and you've made the right decision. And he's like, oh, I should have thought of something else. Now she thinks I've just lost my virginity to some guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, well, it was true. There was a bed in the bathroom. It just happened to be Harry. <laughs> and then, knock, knock, knock. And she's thinking it's her mother again. Yeah. She's like, Mom! What do you want now? And, oh, dear. It's a witch to check on the heating pipes, apparently. Yeah, and Ginny knows better. And she's trying to slam the door, and it's Bludger, and she pretty much pushes her way No, in. it's Padfoot. No. Oh, Padfoot told me he's here. I'm sorry. My fault. No. Yes, Bludger. <laughs> my brain just went, Sorry. You know, Padfoot would dress as a woman just to get to see if Harry was all right. You know that. I do know that. That's very true. But Harry's snuck out. He's used the wand and got his broom and his rucksack and out the window he went. Oh, yeah, because Bludger had Harry's wand. And that was how she proved who she was to Ginny, because Ginny recognized the wand. Right. Mm-hmm. But Harry's gone. So we shift scenes again. This time it's Hermione. She's I love in this. her wizarding complex. And she's going to stop and feed Crookshanks and take a little bit of a holiday. Well, I guess she's on a holiday yeah, from she's Ron. at her parents' house. Mm-hmm. And she gets this owl. It says, floral delivery. P.S. It's a bit large for an owl delivery. Would you mind picking it up? And she's like, no, Ron's trying to make up. Well, I'm just going to make him wait. Well, I think the fact that she thinks that Patricia, her quote-unquote rival, mm-hmm. is blonde, blue-eyed, and busty. Like, yeah. um, you know, yeah. most sick that I read, Hermione's not underbuilt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they've switched that in this one. Okay. Hermione's slim and Ginny is rather not. Yeah. <laughs> and... That's also interesting that it's a description I've often seen applied to Lavender, but this is before we really knew much about Lavender or yeah. having Ron and Lavender, so kind of neat. And yeah. she's feeding Crookshanks Grindylow chunks in gravy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this reminds me of book five where the Dementors attack Harry and Dudley. Yeah. So and all the owls keep coming. Yeah, one after like, another after another. The bloody yeah. owls. That's what this chapter reminds me of. Yeah. It's one owl after another owl after another owl. And then we start getting mm. visitors. That's what I thought was funny in the book. Because, you know, these are children's books. And Vernon says, effing. <laughs> it's like... You do not know what effing well, means. He said effing. say anything well, worse. I mean, what it's does okay. effing mean? Um. <laughs> Go ask your father yeah, here. It's one of those weird <laughs> British words. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're way on course. So there's but another there's a, owl. There's a visitor. Colin Creevy, approved for entry 11.35 a.m. I like their little style for the security owls. Apparently, he's bringing the flowers, so yeah. they let him do that. Right. Colin shows up. Mm-hmm. The flowers are bigger than he is. Yeah. Ron has better taste than he lets on. And she's like, what can I do for you, Colin? And he needs to talk to Harry. And of course... And it's not from Ron. Right. Mm -hmm. The handwriting isn't Ron's. She finally figures that out. So she thinks, oh no, it's Oliver. She's trying to get rid of Colin so that she can find out what is going on. Because now all of a sudden she's like, "Uh uh-oh, I've led Oliver on. Oh, and it gets better. Because here comes another owl. Mm Mm-hmm. Visitor. Oliver. Oliver. It's like, oh dear. En route. The envelope sat there, accusing her. <laughs> <laughs> Ollivander? Isn't that the wand bloke? I've seen him. Curly hair, a little premature gray at the temples, a dish. 
so Colin. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. He's yep. on her approved visitor list, and she's like, yes, so he, do not blush. Do not blush. So he's all, <laughs> I'll let you take care of Oliver. So he leaves, and she opens the envelope, and it's not from Oliver. It's from... Neville! <laughs> Neville and his disjointed apology. She's kind of yeah. trying to figure out what he's apologizing for. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny because he's like, I didn't mean to ruin your lives again. Again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really, she's old and she's got a gray hair coming out of her mole. And I'm sure that Ron would never, ever be attracted to her. No, not that Ron's shallow or anything, but. but. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And please ask Ron not to be mad. And hopefully the plant is enough of an apology. It's a rare species grown in the Caucasus. And it's around dragon's caves. And particularly around. And he just goes on. Yeah. He's and, babbling by letter. I and Ron loves great. you so much. Just you wait and see. And he's underlined that several times. And she's just like... Then, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm watching the game out of the corner of my eye here. And the cards are up three to two. And apparently the umpire behind home plate just got a baseball in the face, in his jaw. Ouch. Because he's out there working his jaw. And the cheek on one side is like all red. He must have nailed him. So and she, of course, Neville's included in long instructions for care and feeding, feeding of the plant. <laughs> but I wonder if fortunately, she believes chunks. it. And so, Rindy low chunks. It's a dragon's tongue plant. It might. <laughs> now Hermione believes that Ron would never do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So she's feeling remorseful for having Doubt gone it. off. Yeah. Her. And we're back to Bludger, who's sitting at Ginny's and having a bacon sandwich. Harry's bacon sandwich. And yeah, they're just talking. And Ginny wants to know why they call him, why she calls him Greenhorn, because the matron called him Quickie. Or if you're listening to it on my text reader, Quickie Eye. <laughs> Quickie Eye. Oh, Quickie Eye. Oh, dear. And Ginny says, well, it's a misnomer. It's a way of affectionately putting him down while making excuses for his extraordinary powers. And Bludger's like, wow, you've got it. Wow. I didn't think of that. You know, he's mm. really impressed. Well, and we hear about the snake. He's talking to the snake. Well, and she mm-hmm. thought he just disappeared and then she couldn't find him and they thought he was dead. Oh, yeah. But then she got a message from Padfoot that he was alive and being given medical attention. So, of course, she yeah. wanted to know where and rushed right off. Yeah, even though she promised she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does that a lot, doesn't she? And I like Bludger asks if Ginny is his girlfriend. Ginny's like, um, I was just going to ask you the same question. Yeah. And they both nope. know that the other cares for him a great deal. Yeah. But no relationships between colleagues. Yeah. We don't even tell each other our real names. Apparently her name is Anne, Mm -hmm. but she's more used to playing the role now, just being Bludger. And she's sure he has a girlfriend because she's never seen him flirt with any female. It's like he's already committed to someone, which we know he is. He's committed to Jenny. Right. But she, of course, assumes someone else. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to Hermione, who is given Colin's tea to Oliver. God. Oliver's going on and on and on about how he broke up with his wife because they grew apart, because they wanted different things, and he's sure that's what's happening with Hermione and Ron. Mm -hmm. And Hermione's just like, pull away. Mm-hmm. And she's getting a little bit annoyed because he's talking about how there's a certain strain being involved with someone with a lower IQ than himself. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Yeah. You exist in a higher plane of intelligence and integrity. Oh, Hermione. Oh, God. <laughs> he right. brought her a homemade picnic lunch to cheer her up. And then, of course, in comes Ron. Yeah. 
<laughs> and Oliver's sort of realized he's put his foot in it and he's embarrassed and he's rushed for the bathroom. And so he's not immediately in evidence. And then Ron walks in. Yeah. With a armload of flowers. Roses, mm-hmm. no less. Yes. They're nothing compared to the plant that's already there. And he yeah, thinks that Oliver has Brought given, them. yeah, he's going to go pound Oliver. Yes, he is. <laughs> Oh, no. I like her ending sentences. This one is the toilet flushes and Oliver steps out of the room and Ron is shocked and the roses cascaded to the floor. Yeah. Right. End of chapter. <laughs> chapter nine is called Worthy Enough, which really could apply to any of our various couples. They all think that about themselves in relation to each other. Oh, and the author says, I really apologize for yet another dramatic cliffhanger. I don't intend to torture you. It just comes out that way. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. I believe you. Not. Not. <laughs> well, you never know. No, 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 no. <laughs> and we start out yeah. this chapter. This is four days since the previous chapter, and Ron is feeling disgruntled. Yeah. Well, apparently she has set up some ground rules. <laughs> She's cut him off. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was blackmail, it was. So they're setting up the maps at Hermione's flat so that they can track the voice the flues. flues. Yeah. And Hermione's off having fun with some other witches. And so Ron's just complaining to Harry and telling him all about what happened and how he almost decked Oliver. Right. And when I listened to it, I could swear that he said that he hit him. But then while I was listening to the explanation, I didn't hear about him actually hitting him. So I don't know if I missed something or if I just misheard it at one point. Also, I love that their identification thing, Harry asks Ron for the canon stats of 1998. Yeah. And Ron's like, well, anybody could know that. And Harry's like, no, Ron, only you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't think he actually hit him. No, Mm -hmm. just nearly. And then, well, he's complaining to Harry, and Harry's a little surprised that Hermione isn't there, because wouldn't she want to be there when they're finding Lucius? And Ron admits that he's in trouble with her at the moment, and we get the flashback to what happened just after the end of the last chapter. I love the way that he comes out and he's going to stand up for himself, and he says, (laughs) Shoo! (laughs) Yeah, I know, I love that part. Oh, yeah. He just shoes Oliver out. Just shoo! <laughs> shoo! Pesky intellectual. And he left. <laughs> it worked. It did. It did work. Yeah, he gets his parting shot in. You'll see her mighty. He's not your equal. Shoo! Not just yeah. reach at him. <laughs> yeah. At first, he's yelling at him for being opportunistic, and he thinks he's after Hermione, and one cracked, and there's Oliver going after him. And Oliver gets sort of puffed up a little bit and says, you're incapable of proper appreciation, and he's going to go on, but Hermione sort of punctures that. Yeah. So they get him to leave. Hermione tells Ron, yeah, the flowers are from Neville, and so he's slightly better. She hands him the letter and she says, oh, poor Oliver. He's like, poor Oliver? Yeah, right, sneaky little bastard with his bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And she's apparently laughing. laughing hysterically. She enjoyed the shoe also. Yes. <laughs> shoe, shoe. And he tries to explain about the new restrictions. <clears throat> yeah, she's cut him off. I love it. 
Yes. She'll help with the order, but... Um, mm-hmm. And he has actually said to her that she'll know what the secret is by Christmas. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's not going to tell her yet. No sex, no kissing even, no real conversation, just this false, awkward politeness. It's torture! Yeah! <laughs> she thinks I'm going to break down and tell her that I won't be able to go without sex for more than a few weeks. Well, I can. I, I think I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Harry's and just like, like, uh... Sorry about that, just had to vent a bit. Then. Harry's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so they set up the GPS thing, and I love Harry. Um, will this spell work indefinitely, or does the battery run down? And Ron's like, battery? It's magic. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> and he's talking about the security minister that's coming. I think at this point, he's just starting to get a little bit of an inkling that maybe there could be a problem because Harry says something about, you know, I'm surprised that they can order all that with the way their economy is right now. But Aren't they Ron, in lots of political turmoil? And Yeah. Ron doesn't even want to go there. So he brings up Ginny instead. And Harry is very deliberate. I like this. I want permission to go near your sister. Mm-hmm. And Ron doesn't realize that Harry has gone to such lengths. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he does now, though. And now that I... Because Ron did not know that they had been seeing each other for months mm-hmm. when he told Harry to stay away from her. Mm-hmm. Right. So now Harry's being very deliberate and saying, yeah, I want to do this. He doesn't even realize that's what Harry's been doing. He's like, why would you need my permission? I'm not Bill or Charlie. So. Yeah. Right. But yes. And then all of a sudden things click because, you know, Ron, he's a little slow sometimes. And he's like, are you interested in my sister again? And Harry says, there was no yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Still. He blushes. Yeah. And he says, yeah, he is. And Ron says, well, what if I say no? And Harry's like, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Ron has a little bit of a rant about Ginny's bad boyfriends, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, and then he says that she might have a new boyfriend because mom stopped by the flat and there was some idiot in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a coward. He wouldn't even come out and meet mom. And Harry's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then he sends her daffodils, and Ron just goes off on the daffodils. Like, what's wrong with daffodils? They're nice. And Ron says, you send roses to a woman you've slept with. Maybe he didn't sleep with her. Don't be naive, Harry. <laughs> yeah. And Ron just doesn't get that it's him. He's like, right. why are you defending him? Yeah. And he says, you know, you've never even asked me about her. And Harry says, yeah, but I've asked Neville. Neville's kept me informed. Neville knows everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is when Ron realizes, hmm, maybe some of the things aren't what I thought they were. <laughs> Knock that daffodil bastard right out of the pitch, I say. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'll go hit myself now, okay? <laughs> and then the signals have moved. Oh, no. Holy Merlin magician. Mm-hmm. Figure out which one is Lucius. Yeah, Ron's just about to figure out that Harry actually is the daffodil guy yes. when <laughs> something else happens. Right. Yeah. Lucius operates home and then he operates somewhere else and they're looking up everything and no, this doesn't seem to be anywhere. And all of a sudden they think, what if he's doing something bad? What if he's torturing somebody? Right. They can't torture the Muggleborns. Everyone has a terrimeter. What if he's after what if, Muggles? What if he's, yeah, what if they're Muggles? And so they've decided that Harry's going to go and check it out. And Ron's like, you are not going without me. And Harry's, but Hermione will kill us. 
And Ron mm-hmm. doesn't care. They're going to yeah. go. Yeah. I'm coming too. There's still two ways about it. And they're just going to go and check. I like how he steps up to him. They're trying to wrap both of them in the invisibility cloak. Apparently <laughs> this one is magic enough that it grows. Because Ron doesn't know how it is that one that could cover three 11-year-olds can still cover two grown men. But apparently it's magic. Magic, like, yeah. Oh, ho, ho, it's magic. Harry says, yeah. you know, I'd really rather be standing this close to a girl. Yeah. They just bicker back and forth for a little bit, yeah. and then they disapparate. And, of course, we don't get to see what happens right away because we have there's a change. Sam Bledger's painting her toenails. Yes. Pink. She's trying to mimic Draco's accent. Mm-hmm. And it's Harry. And it's, sorry to bother you, but we've come across Lucius Malfoy in the middle of a Crucio session. Muggles. Okay, now she has gone into full battle mode. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so they're trying to go in and save them, which right. is what the terror meters have done. The terror meters alert the ores, and the ores go in and save people. So that's Harry's plan, and she wants Lucius, but she's going to have to follow what they've come up with. Right. Yeah. So and Ron's not allowed to go in with yep. them or right away because he hasn't been practicing his spellcasting for the last however many years. Well, not defensive. Right. Yeah. So they're sort of going, he says, okay, if we're not out in five minutes, call Sirius. Well, really, we should be calling him right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's screams going on. And he says, just do it, Ron. Send the rock. Call Sirius and don't come in. And off they go. And there's lots of AVs being thrown around. And they actually catch one of the Russians. And, of course, Malfoy is gone immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can hear a baby crying upstairs. So she goes upstairs for the baby. And the rest of the team kind of shows up. Mm-hmm. They find the father badly crucioed, unconscious but alive. The mother injuries are non-magical, but she needs medical attention. And they're just about to clear out. And it turns out there's a six-year-old girl who was hiding in the corner. Yeah. Behind the sofa. Behind the sofa. And she can't breathe. She's been hexed. So they wake up the bodyguard trying to get him to tell. And he's not going to do anything. No. And they try all the different breathing spells that they know. And Harry's last resort, he's going to do a trach. But he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. He doesn't know where to cut her. And so they think of Hermione. Yay. And she starts naming them. And, you know, she's going through the list. And they're like, yep, did that one. 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 Finally, they come up with one that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in time. And she breathes. Yay. Yeah. Fish gulps and cries. And they're just like, yeah, cry all you want. Just keep crying. And I think, and I don't know if this is spoiling it or not, but this is the little girl that Ginny is counseling at the beginning of the story. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Because the little girl at the beginning of the story was magical. And these are muggles. Okay. Just when I was reading it yesterday, I thought, this is the little girl. Put it in my notes and everything. I don't think this is the little girl. Because, like I said, the other family was magical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was only the father who was a muggle. Right. He was a farmer. So they're just up in arms. How could Lucius have done this? How could he have put an asphyxiation hex on a child? Yeah. And And Bludger wants them to go right now, just apparate to Malfoy Manor and kill him. Yeah. And Harry won't let her go. No. And the reason he won't let her go is because she says, what is wrong with killing him? And he says, I don't want you to have that burden. And I don't want that burden because I want to be somebody's father. I want to be somebody's husband. Mm-hmm. And he won't do an unforgivable. Right. He didn't use it on Voldemort. And he's not going to use it on Lysias. Mm-hmm. 
And this is where we come to the chapter title because he's saying, I want to have a family and I have to be worthy of them once that happens. Right. And she says, I'm, Fine, go. I'm going to go myself. Goodbye. But he tries to stop her, but it doesn't work. Right. And we have a scene change. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. No. <laughs> never. That never happens. <laughs> and and Draco it's Draco. looking for the boomslang. Because he's going to polyduce somebody with a Bulgarian appearance and pretend to be a ministry official there. Mm-hmm. He's been practicing his Bulgarian English accent. Yes. <laughs> And it turns out that Borgen and Burke, things got a little hot for them, so they've moved to a muggle shop, and they are masquerading as an antique shop. Yeah. But they have all the magical stuff in the back, and the muggles don't even see them. Mm-hmm. So. It's just highly inconvenient, though. Just- yes, he has to go out of his way, and he has to act like a muggle to get there. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. He's got the hairs already, so what he's trying to get is the skin. And Borgen is oozing out at him again. Mm-hmm. Best time to do that. <laughs> does tend to ooze. <laughs> and the black market has collapsed, so I can get it for you, but it's going to be spendy. Yes. <laughs> spendy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Borgen has some other news. Information he'd like to sell. Yeah. About a certain boy. Mm-hmm. An elusive celebrity who apparently goes out for Thai food a lot. Yeah. Muggle takeaway. Muggle takeaway. Draco drops quite a few gold coins in his little cup until it's floating over and gets the information that he needs about where Harry may be hiding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he can't quite tell him exactly. No, just what direction he comes from. But mm-hmm. it's enough. So we move on to Harry, but he's not at home at the moment. He's helping Ron paint. Except right. Ron's not there either. So Harry is painting. <laughs> All by himself, painting the barn. Yeah. I just thought it was funny that, why is he painting it like a muggle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Harry. He probably hasn't bothered to learn a lot of the household spells. Yeah. It's sort of his default. He always tends to go back to clearing the table or doing whatever he would ordinarily do rather than yeah, calling the house elf or casting magic. a spell or, you know. And I think part of it's that he's so tired, he's afraid he'll mess it up if he does it with magic, with magic. so he's just doing it the old way. That's true. He's a little yeah. worried about Bludger, who's called in sick, and he's been reamed out by Sirius for taking Ron into danger and all of that. And, of course, Sirius has offered Ron a job. Yeah, mm-hmm. which he turns down because Hermione would kill him, and he's got enough on his plate mm-hmm. as it is. Yep. So and here comes Ginny. Ginny, yep. Of course, he's got to identify her, and so he scares her half to death because he's underneath the invisibility cloak and says, "Quick, give me the name of Charlie's kids in order." And she's like, "Harry, is that you?" <laughs> no, <laughs> how many people have invisibility cloaks? God. <laughs> And she finally figures out what he's after, and she identifies them. Mm-hmm. And then he's a floating head, mm-hmm. grinning at her. Right. Which would be really kind of odd, but I guess she takes it in stride. And then he says, you need to identify me. And Weasley trivia is always good. And so she asks which of Charlie's twins is older. And he's like, uh, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was longer. She's like, okay, that'll work. <laughs> which one came out first? I don't know. And then the daffodils. <laughs> Yes, apparently she likes the daffodils, so. Yes. <laughs> hundreds of them. There were hundreds of them in a basket. He had a little trouble with the shop witch. She recognized him. Yeah. Aren't you Harry Potter? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, he's uh, shorter. <laughs> I get mistaken for him all the time, and he puts a mild memory charm on her, but it doesn't work very well because she's like, you remind me of someone. I just can't think of who. And he's like, okay, I gotta yeah. go. Bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So he sort of complains to her about Ron not showing up to paint. But they're going to get started themselves, and for some reason he's not so tired anymore. Yeah. Apparently the radio is playing songs of the 70s <laughs> yes. while they're painting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Late night jazz, yep. They talk for a while, and he asks her if she'd go out with him sometime. To New York on a pork tea? She says, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, well, we got to go somewhere where I won't be recognized. Like, maybe America. And she's like, uh, that's a little expensive. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. Um, right. Um, hmm. so. He's trying to be rational about it. So he's like, okay, I have to think of somewhere. I'll let you know. And he apparates and gets some of his favorite takeaway and comes back and they sit and talk until four o'clock in the morning. And well, and paint until four yes. o'clock. And they talk and about doing it in a wizardly way to do it magically, but it's just more fun to talk. Actually, and paint at, this at no time did either one of them mention speeding things up with magic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Because they want to spend more time with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're listening to bad mm-hmm. 80s disco now, so hey. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend of mine who worked at Michael's. You know, Michael's is an evil place for people who knit and crochet because, mm-hmm. you know, they yarn. And I would go pick her up from work. And they would have to zone, which means they would have to go through the store and put the things away where they were supposed to be mm-hmm. and the returns have to go back and things like this. So we'd have like 20 or 30 minutes after the store would close where they would zone and they would turn up the radio. And it was Saturday night and it would always be the Saturday night disco night. And I would go in and help because I'm not going to sit in the parking lot for a half hour, wait for her to get out of work. So I'd go in and we'd wander around and we'd be singing, you know, Sister Sledge. <laughs> And all the kids that are working there are going, God, you know all the words to these songs. <laughs> it's like, how old are you? 16? It's like, you weren't even born when this song came out. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you know? Or we get, my parents really like this music. Oh. We get, we are family, and we be bopping down the it, And I can so see Jenny doing that. <laughs> yeah. They are 80s kids. Yes, they are. Well, they young. were fairly young during the 80s yeah. part of it, but still. <laughs> it was fun. Mm-hmm. It's like fun. Then we have another previously on Test of Time in the next yeah. chapter. Reminders. Well, and, and Harry have, has five names. Yes. <laughs> and Al's parents were Katie Bell and... Jim Cayley, or however Kaylee. you pronounce yeah. that. Cayley is how you pronounce it. Who Who's else? Harry's aura friend. Blimpia. If you've forgotten why and how Harry ended up with Al, reread Chapter 5, where Nanny explains all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. So this one is called The Green-Eyed Boy, which yes. we have no idea who that is, of course. <laughs> And apparently we're coming in. It's kind of a weird scene change here because it was like, what in the heck? And it, they went to Ollivander's. Oliver mm. Ollivander's. <laughs> He's staring disconcertingly at Harry. And before that, he hasn't looked at anybody. So maybe the whole staring disconcertingly thing is actually an Ollivander trait for figuring out the wand type or something. I don't know. Because our Ollivander that we knew does that too. Yeah. Because you stare at him and go... This wand goes to this person. Almost like, you wear a size 12. 
know, that kind of thing. So maybe that's why he doesn't look at people directly very often, because he's immediately yes. going to be looking for their wand type or whatever. Well, they added, it's kind of like an aura thing. Mm-hmm. Where you kind yeah. of check out their aura. And I'm wondering if they have sort of a family ability for that or something. Right. Well, and it's very possible it could be. But these are the invisible wands. Yes. But he knows exactly where they are. So he's like, unicorn tail, ten and a half inches. And he goes, I guess the boxes are labeled, but yeah. still. Yeah, he passes those, those it to him. Boxes. Nope, nope, that won't work. <laughs> Just like his grandfather, he's giving it to him for half a second. He already knows it's not going to work. And yeah. Hermione apparently tries one for him. I'm not sure what. There's some sort of drama thing going on there. <laughs> Between Hermione and Oliver, you think? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, because Harry's watching to see if she's being too friendly with Oliver. And uh-huh. so when she looks at Harry, she's like flinching back. Right. So none of the newly manufactured invisible wands are appropriate for Harry. No, and he'll maybe have to try making some with phoenix feathers in them. Yeah, you'll have to make do with a prototype, even though it hasn't chosen you. And the wands that don't choose you aren't as effective. So they're looking for an effective wand. But I ran into trouble with this because it was like, you know, if you have one wand already, why would another one choose you? Mm-hmm, that's true. I, I had that issue. It's kind of like dragon riders from Anne McCaffrey's Pern. You can only mm-hmm. be a dragon rider to one dragon at a time. Kind of like you can only really have one wand that chooses you at a time. Yeah. Well, Does if that- you want to extend that metaphor, they're comparing the invisible wands to fire lizards or something of that sort. Yes. You can have a dragon and also have a group of fire lizards who mini look impress to you. on you. Right. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. They don't, I wonder if that like does it. block it. It could. And because he is so in tune with his wand, that may be why none of the samples were appropriate for him. And yes, he's going to use the prototype because they already know he can use that one. It's just not attuned to him as much as his wand is. Yeah. So you don't want to use that for the big spells. Right. But little spells like opening doors and Wingardium Leviosa or something should be okay. Levitating paperwork. Yes. Levitating paperwork. Things like that. Mm-hmm. And so Mr. Battleaxe comes in to get his <laughs> one. Can, what, now, tell me, what are your visual impression of what Battleaxe should look like? Professional wrestler. <laughs> Thank you. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like Hulk Hogan, you know? <laughs> Yeah, he looks like the bouncer guy, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's tiny and thin and there's... Oh, no, know, no, he's nothing. muscle. No, they do call him muscle-bound. Muscle-bound right. or standing next to him. <laughs> but, yeah. I suppose he doesn't have to be huge to be muscly. But... And he grunts, so yeah, I think that he's kind of like a professional wrestler here. Yeah, yeah. Oliver's just a little nervous. Just yeah, little... well, Oliver likes I like nervous. how uh, Harry's getting indoctrinated with his other code name. Oh, don't call me Harry when we're at the Aurora headquarters. It's Greenhorn. I mean, it's Quickie. Quickie. (laughs) (laughs) And Hermione's mad at him because he's like, you'll still hang out with that Oliver bloke. That's work-related and you know it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's being defensive for Ron. Yes. And anyway, it's none of your business. You are the schemer, dragging Ron into such horrific danger, untrained and unequipped. Can't believe you let him anywhere near Lucius Malfoy. (laughs) He's all, at him. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Hermione, sort Hermione. Of yeah. yeah, well, you know, try to tell Ron no. I mean, she mm-hmm. should know that. It's true. And he also says to her, yes, I know what the secret is. No, it's not a bad thing. She's put off, of course. But oh, Well, yes. if she didn't want Ron dragged into danger, she shouldn't have gone off to the hen party. She should have stayed there. Oh, and then she <laughs> says, I don't know how many women I've met who husbands have committed adultery for long periods until they were caught. And he's like, adultery? Ron? Are you kidding me? <laughs> You are so wrong. <laughs> I like how uh, they happen to be passing the showers and Hermione's the one who gets hero worshipped. Yes, I thought that was funny. Wow, is that Hermione Granger? It's great. Oh, and this is a really bad day. It's Halloween. We all know how much Harry loves Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. He's just so fond of it. Mm-hmm. And he sort of snaps on her and says, Ron is in love with you. He's done nothing wrong. Just give him a break. And then he sort of backs off and says, oh, uh, sorry for calling you a cow. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Poor Harry. (laughs) Yeah. And he mentions the word surprise. Yeah. Which he hadn't meant to do. He's trying to tease the knots apart a little bit without actually giving anything away. Right. But apparently he's picking up bad habits from his partner, Damocles. (laughs) I like that name. (laughs) (laughs) All women were goddesses. He has decided to be the afterglow of the barn painting. And Ginny was the ultimate goddess. It's like, oh, please. (laughs) Yeah. He's viewing all women through hazy rose-colored imagination. Right. The round, soft, doughy hips of a middle-aged witch. The after-bounce of full breasts of a passing pregnant muggle woman. He's just like... (laughs) My notes say, Harry is in love. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Big time. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now they have moved the maps, because they've worked, from Hermione's flat to the Auror headquarters. Bludger was not allowed to trail Malfoy. No. And she didn't even protest. What is going on? And something is up. Yeah. yeah. He Apparently he's home. failing English lit. He's failing English he was, lit. He had to sign up for university classes. So he could live in university quarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wouldn't notice that he wasn't ever there. But something has happened to his neighbor. Yes. Deanna's apparently been attacked, but can't remember a thing. And the reason she can't remember is because she's been obliviated. Mm-hmm. And he and knows because he's cast a spell that lets him see the traces of magic. Right. And he can tell that that's what's happened. So he has to leave. He can't stay there because he is now a danger to his neighbors. Yeah. He's been compromised. Yeah. So he's on the move. Goodbye, Bath. Yep. Well, he was going to have to leave anyhow. He was going to have to leave very soon anyhow. Yeah. Guess it's just as well he found something else before Draco tracked him down. Yeah, he calls Sirius and it's <laughs> your status and he's like, uh, fair, I got a problem. Home base security breach. Can I come to your place for a few days? <laughs> he's like, yeah, if you don't eat all my ginger biscuits. <laughs> Yeah, but somebody's been refilling the ginger biscuits, so... um. (laughs) There might be someone else in his life. Mm. Yeah, they're so secretive that Harry doesn't even know if Sirius has someone in his life. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Actually, Sue (laughs) reminded me of socks. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Sex in a closet? Maybe not. (laughs) 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 It's one of Ella's stories. 
and everybody is muddled. You don't know who your partner is. Oh, dear. Only one person, Mad-Eye, casts the spell, so he knows who everybody is. Hmm. Interesting. And yeah, so you, you might go out on a patrol with somebody and you don't know who they are. You just know that they're another underground fighter against the Death Eaters. So this is a little less extreme than that. Oh, yes. Much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's an unfinished story, I think. Hmm. Well, I'll have to look it up, maybe. It's on LiveJournal. Okay. But anyway, we move on to a scene with Ginny. She's just had a session with somebody and she's also thinking about Harry and she's psychoanalyzing herself, basically. Right. Yeah. Because she's not allowed to hope too much, apparently. Yeah, can't blame her. And she's plotting out the dinner that she's going to have with Harry and she's interrupted by Albus yelling across the park to her. Right. Miss Lady Witch, Mrs. Lady Witch, Ginny. <laughs> but it's not Al. It's a dragon. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a dragon. <laughs> oh, no. It's a Weijin Ridgeback. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, you know, wouldn't you love to have a costume like this where <laughs> the tail actually is bewitched to move back and forth and stuff like that? It's awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Mary and of course, can. she plays along really well. She said, mm-hmm. oh, it's a costume? I thought you were a real dragon. You know, and of course, I have to notice the Mary Can pancakes. Oh, yeah. really? Why would you notice <laughs> Mary Can pancakes, Kelly? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I have probably something to do with that 12-step program that I need to follow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really yeah. bad. This month's Food Network magazine. They have little books like 50 Ways You Can Make Mashed Potatoes. This month's is 50 Different Ways to Make Pancakes. <laughs> and how many have you tried out? I haven't had any. Oh, you're so good. That 12-step I've, program's working. But I've drooled on the book a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah. I like their interaction. Elle is written really well. She is. He seems like a four-year-old to me. And yeah. Ginny, oh. shame on her, pries into oh. Harry's love life. She has Hoping an idea. For information. Ah. <laughs> and he's like, well, there's Auntie Lena. <laughs> and he's like, no, mm. that doesn't count. And uh, nope, yeah. nobody else comes over except there's Nanny, but nobody comes over. I love, if you come over, then we can play games or uh, Trevor will give you a ride on his shoulders. If you're not too fat, he looks her up and down. Or you can arm wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) You get to choose if you get a hug or a knut when you win. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's funny. So now she's been invited for pancakes. I hope Al remembers to tell Trevor. Trevor. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's off to chase some other boy. That oh, boy, oh, boy. boy. <laughs> uh, we noticed that this was written before we knew Ginny was Ginevra. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we thought There's Virginia Weasley popping Weasley. up again. Yeah. <laughs> and then we jump to Draco as the minister. Draco as the minister. Going to tour the factory. Mr. Borominski. I like it. Did anybody notice what Ron's pseudonym was? Yeah, I it's, can make it right. I can make it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't because I listened to it on the text. Oh, and so it I doesn't know how to it. pronounce it. <laughs> no, we wouldn't have done it. We'll have to record that and see what it does. That'd be fun. 
Actually, it's not too bad. It can make it dry. It's really weird because I've been having trouble getting it to work. So I got the four chapters that I needed to read done, but I couldn't get the fifth chapter to load. So Ryan did it for me on his, and his voice is so different than mine. It's just so <laughs> weird to listen to. I can make it dry. I'm sure <laughs> that it's a better voice, and if I got used to it, it would be cool. But who does he use? I think it's Alex or Adam or something like that. It's some A name. Okay. It's not Lawrence? No. I love Lawrence. Mm. So, according to the man who invented the text reader that I'm using, the voice has a lot to do with whether or not it's going to work. Really? And he thinks I should change voices. Oh. And I really like Bruce. I don't want to change voices. <laughs> Aww. We're way off course. So we have Draco, who is going to Ron's factory mm-hmm. as the Minister for Security of the Wizard Republic of Bulgaria, Vladimir Borominsky. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so he's got to go through the ID. Mm-hmm. And if you are polyjuiced, then the ID mirror. The full-length mirror makes you look like who you are. Yeah. It doesn't break through your disguise. Mm-hmm. It just shows. Yeah. And at the very last minute, he decided to change the use of the hair that he had because he had what he thought of as a Bulgarian minister's hair. Right. And then at the last minute, he decided to change and get somebody that looks more like him so that right. the ID mirror wouldn't be as apparent. Right. Mm-hmm. So he gets through that. He yeah. <laughs> he has interesting internal monologues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aha, the man skimmed Draco's reflection with swift, indistinct scrutiny. As predicted, thought Draco with some relief. Yes, I'm tall, I'm blonde, I'm a Nordic god. You are a witless, brown-haired plebeian in a uniform earning one galleon an hour. Score, Draco won Weasley nil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Huh? And they take him to the reception area and he's like, I will not be kept waiting. <laughs> he actually heads upstairs. He's looking for a window because he wants to know where he's at. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, well, he apparates the location. And I think he port keys, doesn't he? Uh, yes, port keys. And you don't have any way of knowing where you are when you port key. Because mm-hmm. it's secured. So, he um, Granger. Gasp. Yeah, wait. Yes. Gasp. And an unrecognizable middle-aged man. Where's Weasley? He's like, well, duh. You apologized yourself. What do you think he's going to do? Right. <laughs> That's funny. The girl who I... escaped. I love the name. It's like the boy who lived. It's the girl who escaped. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here's the West County accent. Mr. Make it right. <laughs> Faking an accent. Mm-hmm. I can make it right. I find that your joke assumes a poor knowledge of English. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Finally figures out that he's polyjuice too. Yes. They go on for a while, and he finally manages to look through a window, but he doesn't really see all that much mm-hmm. that's particularly noticeable. And then all of a sudden he loses his accent and then all of a sudden, oh, he realizes he's lost it. So he goes overboard and then Ron's accent kind of slips and the two of them, it's got to be a comedy of errors. It'd be so much fun to be sitting somewhere watching them try to do this. Oh no, he calls him Weasley instead of make it right. <laughs> yeah, at one point he calls him Weasley and Ron says, huh? And he's like, no, no, it's it's how we say good luck or something in, in my language. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. 
Yeah. This it's, could easily be a first episode. Or- <laughs> it means congratulations or well done. It's original expression originating from the Thanksgiving after the feast of Hippocrypts at Halloween in medieval Bulgaria. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Ross like, uh, Hippocrypts are inedible. Yeah. Toxic hormones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, dear. <laughs> so he looms over him and he's like, if there's any deception on your part, your government, I will follow up with the most powerful and influential friends. Rico's like, deception? Never! That's right. Mm-hmm. But the polyjuice is wearing off, so he's got to go. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. And he repeats his Bulgarian word a few times just to throw Ron off the scent. Mr. VC. And Ron's now really worried, but he's not letting anybody know yet. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So we jump back to Ginny, mm-hmm. who is going for American pancake breakfast, and hopefully this has been cleared. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and she hasn't been there since July 31st. Mm-hmm. It's been, how many months is that? It's been a few months. Yeah. Four? Three? But Harry is glad to see her and is just going to let her in, and she says, aren't you going to ID me first? Cause he oh, was God. <laughs> overdoing that the last time. What was the <laughs> next like, line of this poem? His eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. She's like, oh, God. It was the first thing that came to mind. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's got a mirror above the door, which he did mention the last time, because yeah. the reason he was so confrontational the last time is she came in the back. Right. Apparently, Al did not actually let Remember. him know that she was coming. <laughs> Al, how's your room coming along? He's supposed to be cleaning his room. Uh-huh. Can you help me? No, but if you get it done quick, you can come visit your visitor. That's really good blackmail right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's Fox. Yep. Who is indeed big and makes a mess. Yes. Well, you know, it's those live squirrels that he brings in and munches on. (laughs) (laughs) Yummy. Yeah. Is that mentioned in there? Back a Um, little bit earlier when he was talking to Nanny. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I think in canon, he mostly just eats seeds and things, actually, but I don't know if it says... Well, he's a bird of prey, so that's I think that's where they picked up the live squirrels and he goes out Mm -hmm. hunting. Mm -hmm. The only time we actually see him being fed is right after burning day, so... Yeah. I don't know. Harry starts breakfast, and he's got packages of bacon, because apparently ever since he was at her place, he's been having cravings for bacon sandwiches. (laughs) I like bacon sandwiches. Mm, They're good. And putting together the American pancakes because they're thicker and fluffier than regular pancakes. Mm -hmm. Well, crepes are pretty normal in Great Britain. They don't. Buttermilk pancakes are fully American. But his colleague Stripes showed them to him, Mm -hmm. short for Stars and Stripes. Yeah, the American. Ooh, she's smarter than she looks, that (laughs) Ginny. So he's talking to her about having to move and attacking his muggle neighbor and, you know. Whether or not they're planning some elaborate thing or if it's just the usual, you know, attacks on his wife every so often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, happens. Well, and he says, I'm sorry we couldn't go out this past week because he's been on night shift. And Harry still can't figure out (laughs) that Colin is Colin. (laughs) Yeah. So she says, well, it's okay. I was helping Colin most evenings. And he says, oh, I didn't realize you were seeing so much of Colin. And, you know, it varies week to week and different things. And so they start talking about two very separate things. 
Yes. And not communicating just, at all. He keeps using the word see Colin as in go out with Colin. And she just thinks he doesn't want her to meet with him ever or, right. you know, have a friendship with him. And then she starts talking about him being gay and Harry's. Oh, yeah. Harry's like, what? <laughs> well, no, Harry doesn't get it. So they're no. totally at cross purposes because she's talking about Colin being gay. And he says, you know, I've misunderstood. I thought when you said that you'd go out with me that you'd stop seeing Colin. And she's like, but I don't get this. There's plenty of time in this world for me to see you and Colin. And he's like, uh, no. Yeah. You just never bothered to get to know him. He's wonderful and funny and artistic and loyal. And Harry's like, Mm -hmm. I don't care who he is, what he is. I won't like him. I can't like him. I can't like him because he's going out with you. And And she's assuming it's, I can't like him because he's gay. Right. Yeah. Harry doesn't even know. Harry has no clue. Well, they're talking cross purposes here. Yeah. You know, and she's now having this argument with him. Is this some kind of archaic macho idea you picked up from Aura Friends? You know exactly what happened to Charlie a few years ago. And he came back as a right-wing conservative with all ideas about what's normal. And he's like, Colin's lifestyle? There's yeah. nothing archaic or macho about wanting a monogamous relationship. <laughs> and she says, oh, and anything else is unacceptable. Two men, you know, two women. Yeah, that's not okay. Now she's mad. She still doesn't realize that <laughs> he doesn't know Colin is gay. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. And the bacon's starting to burn. And they're still arguing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She is talking about how, of course, she wants to be friends with him, and he doesn't want to be friends because he wants to be her boyfriend, but she's not getting that. Well, she's mad at him because she's like, of course I want to be friends, but how do you think I felt every time I would come over and my mother would say, you just missed Harry. Oh, Harry Mm -hmm. was just here. Oh, this, oh, that. She's like, you never, ever asked about me. You know, I couldn't have any access at all. And then he roars at her. I don't want to be friends. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't date casually and I won't be reserved to Colin Creevy, at which point you might think she would get it, but she still doesn't quite. Right. And then he he kisses kisses her. her. Oh, yeah. Big time. (laughs) Pressed against the wall, glasses askew. And they were interrupted by Al. Something of course. smells in here. It's, it was the bacon. <laughs> bacon. Gotta be bacon. Only one thing smells like bacon. That's bacon. Al takes her up to the room to play yeah. with the figurines. He takes it quite normally. There's no yelling about cooties or anything. He's just, yeah. Yeah, he's boring. He doesn't know about cooties. I love this. He's going to play ours. You know, Harry Potter and Cereal Black. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and she's distracted because she's like, oh, Harry kissed me. Right. And then she still can't figure out, you know, where Al fits in all this. Mm-hmm. Then she takes a good look at him and his, his eyes, eyes are green. Are green. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she freaks out. She jumps to conclusions. Oh, yeah, she does. Because he doesn't have Kaylee's last name. He's Albus James Bell. Mm-hmm. And Jenny thinks that this is Harry's son. Yep. Because his middle name is James. Yeah. And his eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. Right. And mm-hmm. he is not allowed to talk about his father. Mm-hmm. Because he fights the baddies, which, of course, right. James did also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jim. she jumps into that conclusion and he comes in and says, you're crying. What's wrong? And she says, I have to go. And she leaves. Mm-hmm. And she's mad. Oh, yeah. She's really mad. And then she's like, I know someone who knows what happened that night. And she calls Ron, Ron. and says, I want to know what happened. And, and I want to know. My way. And yeah, we're going right now. <laughs> See you in a minute. And she yeah. snapped the flu shot with a satisfying metallic click. Yeah. 
And that is the end of chapter 10. That's the end of so chapter So the green-eyed boy was, in fact, not Harry. It referred to Al. Yep, it was Al, yeah. Which is another interesting thing, because Albus Severus is the one with the black hair and green eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. But we had no way to know that this was going to be Albus, you know. So we're going to find out about the night at Katie Bell's, finally. Oh, yeah. But... You'll have to tune in next week to find out. <laughs> what exactly happened, happened? At Katie Bell's? And by next week, we mean whenever the heck we get around to releasing the next episode. <laughs> yep. Dun, dun, dun. I think we know most of it already, but you never know well, what they might we don't put know in this all chapter. Of it. We know no. a lot of it. We know that Harry was drunk and couldn't pronounce his R's. <laughs> And we know that Ron was throwing up in her garden and on her couch. And And we know that, of course, Al isn't Harry's, but we don't know what actually did happen. And we know that some things happened because neither one of them can look at each other or talk about that night. Mm -hmm. They're both embarrassed. So we will find out. Next week. Next week. Same wizard time, same wizard channel. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And with that, we're going to say... Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. See you next week. (laughs) So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.